What's up, everybody? Welcome to an episode of Studio Insights with us, Bell Vista Studios. You've got Hannah on this side, <laughs> Victoria on this side, Kim here. Um, just wanted to say a massive thank you for choosing to learn with us. A big thank you to our clients for choosing to partner with us. And a big thank you for people that buy products off the Creator Hub, such as like the Human Centered Design online course. We absolutely love what we do for a job and getting to earn money for something that we're passionate about through those kinds of interactions is just so like for you it's just learning and getting content from us and helping you develop your skills but it's actually like our lives that you're impacting and it makes us happier human beings and working on projects that we're passionate about and those kinds of contributions to our lives allow us like impact our lives in a huge way. So thank you so much. And it allows us to continue making videos like this to help you upskill as well. So just wanted to say that. And over oh, Studio Insights is all about, um, it's our team development time. So we have a chat, we ask each other questions, things that we've noticed the other person doing that we wanna learn more ourselves or wanna that we appreciate in each other as well um, and opportunity to learn and improve as a team. So. Vic, what's your question to begin with? Um, so my question is for both of you. Um, so you recently attended a workshop with another instructional designer and you got to see like their process for everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I just want to know what both of your like key takeaways were from it and if you think you would approach or if you want to approach our workshops differently in future. Mm. Okay. Do you want to go first, Hannah? No, you go. Um, well, for me, it's someone I respect a lot um, and they've been on our show and stuff. And yeah, I'm like, I was really excited when that particular instructional design team reached out to partner on a client project because I do respect them a lot. And this particular learning experience designer, whatever you want to call them, is incredible um, and has always stimulated me from a learning perspective. So I was very grateful to be exposed to that. Um, and what I really loved was it was a briefing session on the work that had been done so far. And I think what we connect a lot around, and even when I was learning human-centered design initially and design thinking, this person was one of those people that kind of made, asked questions that made me think a little bit differently. And to be in that position now where we both are very human-centered, we do user interviews. Um, we do a lot in the analysis phase to make sure that we're solving the right problem. To go into a briefing session for them to take us through their journey and where the project is at so far with working with the client and then to take us up to speed and communicate the expectations of how we'll contribute to the solution and seeing like the Miro board with the process, the activities that have been undertaken. It was just so for me, like a proud moment to recognize the work that we are doing is so in alignment with someone that I put on a pedestal um, because the process that they had taken is how we do our discovery workshops is the stuff that we talk about in our YouTube videos in our human-centered design playlist in the online courses like the human-centered design online course we teach our process and I'm really proud of our process it works really well with our clients. Everyone that goes through that course, minds are blown and it changes their lives as instructional designers and the solutions that they create. And then to go, okay, well, we're gonna partner 
because it's an opportunity to push and challenge ourselves and to learn from someone that I respect a lot and then go, wow, like we're the same. That was really cool. That was really refreshing, really flattering Mm -hmm. for me. Um, And just they get recognized for that approach. And it just was encouragement to keep fighting for a human-centered approach to instructional design um, because it is needed. And to think about how that approach has evolved to really discover what the problem is for this particular client. The client came saying, we need training on this. And then the human-centered design approach has uncovered this monster problem that they need to solve as an organization which the client is so grateful for now because they're like wow we would have been screwed in three five ten years whatever if we hadn't have revealed this like it could have been detrimental to our business so it's just really nice to go trust the process not everyone gets human-centered design um And I know I get frustrated sometimes when I feel like I'm trying to pull people on that journey, but just seeing another company like ours, another studio, another practitioner that is fighting that fight and takes no excuses like for not doing human centered design approach just gave me, made me inspired to keep um, doing that approach and to make sure that we're trying to influence as much as possible the industry through the videos we create but on the projects we work for for our clients as well so yeah that was that's my reflection we're doing really good stuff and we should be proud of the work that we're doing Mm -hmm. um yeah that was pretty cool for me yeah that's really cool so there's nothing you'd change we're just on the right track (laughs) um it was really I think maybe Hannah will share more on this but what was no, because we do the same activities. We, we have the same process. Yeah. Um, we reveal the same data. Um, I think that they just do it more in depth. So, um, and they allow more time for it. So analysis is like huge for them. Whereas for us, we proportion our analysis phase to the scope of sometimes for example a budget or a time frame or what we know about the problem and then sometimes there's a like a renegotiation because it reveals something but it was interesting and I think this is like there's a couple of things coming up you know some people say you only need the feedback of five and I'm a believer of this five people because the same feedback comes up And that's satisfying enough for me for some of the problems that we're trying to solve and the solutions that we're creating. Five people, five user interviews, five people giving feedback on a prototype because it does start to happen, but they don't take that as enough. From my understanding of the depth of analysis they go to, they will take it to like 15 or 25 people. So they go Mm -hmm. a lot deeper to really go, no, we have validated that. Whereas I look at it, I kind of make the links and go, okay, I think I'm there. Um, And I think then it also comes down to like uh, a personal preference of how you like to work as well. So if I think about the analysis, the way my brain problem solves now, because I've trained and trained it in these skills is to see patterns very quickly and to get to the problem and solve that gap very quickly in the most effective and efficient way I'm able to do that 
and it works for me. So that's why I do, for example, our discovery workshop is two hours, sometimes three if we're doing scenario designs and activities. But I know like with Hannah, and I don't like detail. I can just go, yep, got it. I'm there. Let's go. Whereas Hannah is very detailed. And I think she would probably appreciate more time in that analysis phase to get to a deeper level and thinking about even back to like when you studied Hannah, like you love the data, like when you were doing your psych degree, you love the data, you love more information, you love to really immerse. Yeah. As I like to just go, got it, go. And you're like, no, I really want to get into it. And I feel like they probably spend a lot more time like that as well. Like Hannah's probably mm -hmm. more aligned to them and getting into more depth, but that's a, it comes down to as well, a personal preference of how mm -hmm. you like to work. Whereas I'm like, we're ready to solve the problem. We've got enough to work with, let's go. And yeah. I think I trust and cover ourselves later through the, I guess, iteration process of mm -hmm. even if we're 80% there, we're going to pick it up along the way to make it 100% through things like feedback, reviews and stuff like that. Yeah. That would yeah. be my reflection. But yeah, stoked, proud of us. Mm. With that, do you think that there's a way to, like when you are in a small team like this, so you work like, one way kind of works mm. another way do you think there is a way that you can like <laughs> I don't know find like a middle ground kind of thing because I'm guessing like you'd normally like quote and scope for projects and you'd you are happy working with like less analysis time I guess whereas Hannah might prefer mm. to do like spend more you might get the same outputs but like she spent more time and is more detailed like, and yeah yeah like is there a way to get that to work if you do work differently do you think yeah yeah I definitely do think it um there's like a few things coming to mind at the moment like in terms of first of all we still get even though I'm forcing Hannah to do it in less time like to work kind of more in the rapid pace mm. um level of detail that I get to and she's still having success and she's still getting the results so for that I'm mm. like I'm kind of molding her preferred way into a, this works best for our business way. Yeah, because, yeah. so there's that. Um, because we're getting the results. If we weren't getting the results, then I would definitely rethink it. Yeah. Um, and then it's an opportunity of things like, so if we're quoting a project, whether that's time or money, um, when we think about the time, you know, it would probably play out really nicely actually because what takes me a lot longer is to do the storyboard so I can see that analysis I'm like let's go it's easy boom but the storyboard takes me a lot longer than it would take Hannah I I think um whereas probably you're a lot quicker than me I'd say Hannah doing the storyboard but you'd want longer at the analysis mm -hmm. so what that might look like for projects is even if we had just for example 40 hours for analysis and instructional design the bucket might sit at 40 hours and if I'm working on the project I use the hours how I want you mm -hmm. use them how you want um, and I might spend half a day on analysis or a day and then allow myself four at four days for the the storyboard in the instructional design the resources whatever we're creating mm -hmm. whereas you might like to spend two days in the analysis and understanding watching youtube videos to get to empathize better and then you might decide I only need three or two and a half days to storyboard 
because once I get into that depth, I flow. So yeah. I think there's like looking at that is an option because we're going to produce the same thing at the end. Yeah. And that allows for us to um, do that. The other thing that would be a challenge there is like time with stakeholders. So not always like they don't always have the amount of um, freedom to do it you know like they've got to pull people in and getting them for an hour sometimes can be a really crazy so it's it's questioning where do I really need the client um or the stakeholders whoever it is that I'm working with and how can I get the most out of them within that time so some people they do like there's people out there doing five-day sprints right and what that looks like is day one they're only figuring out what the success statement is Whereas I'm like, doing, we're doing that in like 20 minutes with the client. Like, so like people, and I sometimes think about this with like, I remember doing uni assignments or whenever you've got a deadline or whatever. It's like, you have all term or all like week to do something, but you don't freaking do it until the last minute, but you still get the same mm -hmm. outcome or a similar outcome to the one that you desire. Now, yeah. if I wanted an A or if I wanted like 100% or if I wanted to cook the meal to the most pristine, beautiful flavors, then I would put in more effort and I would not leave it last minute. But when I think about following a recipe and I'm just like, well, I'll wing it, I'll give it a go. Like I leave shit out. I just, I'm like, I'm hungry. All right, take it off the pan quickly. Like I'm just mm. going to eat it as half cooked kind of thing. Like it comes down to that motivation as well. So I think thinking about that and then like, do we quote differently, which is not always possible either. So sometimes as we're educating stakeholders and clients on the importance of analysis, there is a bit of a like mm. show up to this workshop. It's going to be worthwhile. Everyone's mind's always blown when they do come to those workshops, but it's always, it can be a struggle sometimes when people don't get it because it's a new way of working and they really have to trust us. So we don't always have the opportunity to quote for the analysis that it may deserve. And the mm. first time we need to give them a taster and come to the mm. two hours, but next time they might be like, we want a five day analysis and then it's a different story. So that, that's kind of like a taste of everything. I think you can always make things work. It's just, mm. you got to work within your context and have the conversation. It's like the pause, what's not working? What would I want to do differently? Do the benefits outweigh the, the friction um, yeah. to make a change to the process? And then what that might look like is, for example, Hannah going, at the moment you're giving me this amount of time for analysis and you're giving me this time for the instructional design side of it. The last three projects we've worked on, I've smashed the instructional design in half the time. Mm. Um, so can I spend more time in the analysis on yeah. the next project? Yeah. Yeah. Do you like that? Because I was yeah, thinking, I that. um, that's cool. when Hannah was talking about the meeting earlier I was mm. thinking I feel like I'd fall somewhere between the two of you like I haven't done that much with instructional design but mm. I know Everyone's I'm probably different. not <laughs> the same level of like level of detail as Hannah but I also don't can't see things as like how you see them so I think yeah. that would be like somewhere in between so I was just thinking like how it would work how you can make it work if we're each. all going to do instructional design like yeah how it mm. works across the team but that makes sense having like the time mm. allocated differently to each bit yeah um, yeah I love that 
I can like I can definitely see that working because post that workshop I have been thinking like I was just mind blown I was like you could tell my energy I was like oh my gosh like it just felt like so right for me everything Mm. that he was going through I was like that is incredible (laughs) um and I it just made sense so I think it gave me some insight into like other ways to do things and ways that might be more aligned to my style because we are like quite different like I am very very detailed and I do struggle to see like the bigger picture when I'm given all this information I need time to process it and understand what yeah so I was always working towards getting better at the way that you do it and I still want to get better at that because I think it is important to be able to see like get information and come up with like an understanding of it in a quicker way rather than having to look through every single little thing but yeah it's definitely made me think like I wonder how I could incorporate some of that into my process Mm. so that I can do a better job at the analysis phase and I do find when you're talking about like doing the storyboarding in less time like I definitely find storyboarding easy so if I have the information that I need the writing part is so quick for me Like I can just, like, I love writing. So if I've got the information there, I can like smash it out. But if I've got very minimal information that I'm trying to write from, I'd get so overwhelmed because I'm like, I don't have the answers that I need. So I can definitely see for me, like having all that information at the beginning, helping me get the storyboard done a lot quicker. That's just a cool realization or something to try, I think. And what that comes down to what I always say is, always ask yourself do I have what I need to do the next part of my process Mm. so when you don't have it's not just because you spend two days doing analysis doesn't mean you're going to have more information because when I was interesting looking at um the data so action mapping personas all that sort of stuff when I looked at that I said to myself that's what that's the level that we get in our workshops like we get those responses from stakeholders we have that level of information um but we're doing it in less time so i think there has to be and we're getting the results so that's the interesting measure Mm. because what we have to be careful of is our personal because you lit up like you were like I love all that like when you were talking about all the post-it notes or whatever you were lighting up and then you're like you're lighting up for you and your Mm. personal interest so you've got to be there's a a balance between Mm, that and I'm doing an effective job with what I have right now so I think the question that you're asked you've got to ask yourself is do I have what I need to do the next step in my process like more time doesn't always equal a better result yeah I think I've just like I'm sort of realizing as you're saying it like I do have enough to create something Mm -hmm. but I think I've already all like sort of based it on like Kim will do storyboards with that amount of information so it should be enough like I do have what I need Mm-hmm. But seeing the information available yesterday, I don't know, like I'd have to try it, but I'm like, I feel like I could take my storyboards next level because I actually have like so much context yeah. and I can make it really realistic and really relevant and know exactly what the different audience groups need. 
Whereas before it's like, yeah, I have the information I need, but it's probably not to the level that I would have by doing that extra analysis work. So I just sort of say, yeah, well, I, I do have what I need to that, to a certain extent. Yeah, I w- that probably actually comes down to the proportion of the budget of the project and the problem yeah. that you're solving. So if we think about the way that we would be doing it and any that you've been exposed to at the moment are, uh, I can't do percentages right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> at least that what we're exposed to and what we have like sorry what you've been exposed to in that analysis yeah what you saw yesterday is three times Mm. at least bigger so if we had a project like that that you worked on whereas in the past I've kind of done that side of it those scale of projects but if you were exposed to that there would the analysis would go in proportion to the scale of the project so yeah. I'd say what you were looking at there is just check on or just be aware that it's the scale of the problem that you're trying to solve versus yeah. what you were exposed to yesterday is like a very big problem yeah yeah that's a very good point hmm anything else <laughs> I feel like yeah Hannah you haven't had the opportunity to reflect on the Um, question I think it was just really cool to see like I've said like that much information to deal with when you're coming up with solutions like I thought that was really really inspiring um and it yeah it sort of took me back to like you're saying with my psychology like my reports we had heaps of data and things like that and I loved that and that was like my best subject getting all the data and like figuring out the trends and all that So I think for me, it's like, it is like a passion thing, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, I think it's probably just reflecting on as well. Like there was a few little additional things, information that they got, like different questions that were asked and just Mm -hmm. wondering like what, how that could impact the solution and what that would look like when you like transfer it into how would that look like Mm. in the storyboard and what would you do differently? So I think I'm just sort of processing that. Can you remember what they were? I don't remember seeing them. Um, I don't really want to give away. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. We'll but it was basically. We'll offline. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was just like really great questions that I thought, wow, that I wonder how that would impact storyboarding. And I, it'd be, mm. yeah, just, it was just something to think about, I think. Yeah. But cool. the whole thing was just super inspiring. Like I was so grateful to go and learn from that person. Mm. Um you can tell they're super passionate and it was just, yeah, it was really cool. I think for both of us, we're both just like, wow, this is awesome. And also like what you said, it is very similar to what we do. And I think that's why it made sense. Like I was sitting there, I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally. Because it is very aligned to the human centered design work and focusing on the end users and involving Mm. everyone involved, like everyone who has touch points with the project involving them in the analysis phase. So it was like what we do, but just, yeah, like you said, like a larger scale, more mm. time put into that analysis phase. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a way bigger mm. project. It's yeah. Now I'm just thinking it's probably going to end up being 10 times the size of. Yeah. It was huge. The analysis was like, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm. But very cool. It was awesome. Yeah. Good chat. That was a good.
question to question get us fucking going on. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like a lot of things for people to ponder there for sure. Yeah. Mm. Happy? Move on? Yeah. All right. Hannah, what you got? What's your cue? My question is for Victoria. <laughs> and I would like to know, so recently you've seen emails going out to clients. Mm-hmm. So like I've helped you write a few emails and you've also seen like the templates that we have on the Creator Hub, which will be linked in the description. They're epic, those templates make your life so easy. But I just wanted to know, have you had any reflections or any learnings from what you've seen with those emails? What you've done with them? Um, I'd say the main thing is, which seems obvious, but until... (laughs) I actually try writing an email. I don't understand how, (laughs) but it's like how specific you need to be with things um, and like how you break things down in an an email as well. Cause I feel like it's so easy to think like, I need this one thing from the client. I'll just message him and ask. But like, I feel like we usually break it down a bit more and it's, we have like specific headings. So it's like this action is required by you or this is what is required by me or Mm. whatever it is. Um, Mm. Just so it's like clear, especially because a lot of the time we might need to send like, a bit longer emails like if it's an update or if we're delivering something like there's usually a few components to each email it's not often that it's just like we need one thing from this email mm. there's like usually multiple things happening um mm. so yeah I feel like being like having it broken down with the headings and being really specific with each point about like you need to do this or I need to do this or um even like what the this is like, I think, mm. I, don't, I can't think of the exact examples, but um, like if you're referring to something, not calling it like it or yeah, we need these from you yeah. or we need that from you. Like, what is the that? Is it like a file? Is it a document? Whatever it is. Like, yeah, all of that stuff. Because when mm. you read it, like it still kind of makes sense. But if they've got 50 other things going on or <laughs> like you need multiple of this or that yeah like, yeah different things like you need to just like spell it all out because it makes it so much easier for them and for you yeah um yeah I don't know I just feel like there's a lot more emails than what I've probably thought in previous mm, jobs because I did just 100%. I would still put like effort into them and I've sent like massive emails off in other roles but yeah I guess I didn't put as much thought into like every single word of it like it would just kind of be like oh, I need to ask them for this I've asked that question that's done yeah. but it's not yeah. always like as simple as that um but yeah I think the email templates are definitely super useful like they do cover mm. everything um that or well, I would say almost everything <laughs> that you would yeah. need like throughout the course of a normal project so having those is like super useful mm. um and yeah, checking in with you guys as well, like having someone to look over an email before you send it to be like, does this, would this make sense to you if you receive mm. it? Like having that, mm. yeah, doing that is a really good check as yeah. well. Um, if you have someone available that can do that, it's useful. Yeah. Because if you don't understand it, then mm. like the client may not either. Well, you might get a negative feeling when you read it or yeah. the emotion. Yeah, because they can just be like individual words sometimes that just like trigger. <laughs> yeah. Like I get emails sometimes and someone will, you know how we'll make assumptions, Kim? Where we'll I think, never oh, make assumptions. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so Victoria and I were like, did they mean this? Like they're not happy or whatever, but yeah. we've like read it the wrong way. 
So I think it's really easy to like mm. be ambiguous with your language and people can take it the wrong way. Yeah. Mm. Well, that is true. I feel like I do get, I do see a lot of emails from other people and I'll be like, I don't know what they mean by that or like that's <laughs> yeah. confusing to me. So yeah. like whatever, I don't, I don't want to be someone who's sending that kind of email to someone else Yeah. when like I'm trying to get the job done and I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. And like, you have to go back you know, again. I don't want them to have that same feeling and be like, I don't know what they want from me because then it just yeah yeah creates like negative feelings around it and yeah yeah you don't actually get what you want or you've got to go like back and forth mm. 50 times which in hindsight has actually happened at previous jobs now that I think <laughs> about it like I thought I was good at writing emails but there was always a lot of back and forth whereas here I feel like we send one we get one back it's like very a week later we send another one we get one back like it's not yeah we're like very clear on our messaging mm. yeah saves Agreed. time you're not wasting time trying to explain things that you realize to you mm. <laughs> misworded at some point yeah so yeah that's my reflection <laughs> yeah we're good at writing emails <laughs> I'm not quite there yes you are <laughs> no, you are you are Definitely. like I don't think anyone well I'm sure there would be people out there but there's not many people and there hasn't been previous jobs where we've thought about mm. our emails to that extent yeah getting the intent right what's required yeah like we're very very thoughtful mm. around our emails I think because it's so like easy to send an email as well yeah like people you, don't think about you it. don't think about it because you're like yeah. it takes just two seconds do... I just type it out and send it but yeah if you spent more than two seconds on it then <laughs> yeah <laughs> you might get a better outcome. yeah <laughs> yeah how did you like start thinking in that way Kim where you need to be like purposeful around your emails and like those sort of checks because I've <laughs> never I haven't seen it anywhere else like in previous jobs like everyone just types whatever they th they're thinking in their head doesn't backspace anything it's just like thoughts in their head comes out on page on the page and they send <laughs> do you know what I mean but I've learned so much from working at Bell Vista Studios to be like purposeful and I'll, it honestly like does stem from one of my values which is about making life as easy as possible yeah. so that is where it comes from initially but it comes then from pain so if we're <laughs> sending project updates every week to clients it's the same freaking email it's just tiny bits of change so why wouldn't you make a template for that yeah. if we're doing a handover for all projects that we work on and the structure is the same why wouldn't you make a template for that and mm. um, so trying to make life easy minimize thinking get it out quicker especially on tasks mm. that i hate like i hate admin so that's where it came from initially yeah because i can't admit little tasks like are, to me um I know you get like so much sense of achievement from them Hannah but like I hate <laughs> yes! that stuff and then like like what you said Vic like that back and forth mate that's so painful for my brain like yeah. oh there's miscommunication I'm trying to explain what I meant in my initial email or I don't know what they're trying to say to me so I want to cut out that crap I want to make life easy for myself I want to make easy it life easy for someone else so I'm like it's like how people go meetings for the sake of a meeting. Like it's an email for like, just be intentional. What is the outcome you're trying to achieve? I just started applying instructional design to emails and that's yeah. why it is. What context do they need to know? Not what's nice to know. And then what needs to be done? What is the action? What is the decision? This is all instructional design. And then when do we need it by? Um, 
And what are the next steps past that? Like, what are the consequences if you don't do this thing on time? Or mm. what are you preventing me from achieving if you don't give me the file that I've requested by this date that yeah. you're putting pressure on me to complete, but it actually sits with you to do your bit. I'm waiting for you to do your bit. So that's where it has come from. Yeah. I will say it does feel like very, like even though writing the email can take longer and be a little bit of pain, the like once it's sent, like it's so, you don't have like clutter in your head mm -hmm. because I know in previous jobs, if I was sending emails back and forth at night, I'd be thinking, oh, I have to email that person. Oh, they've sent yeah. back. Like I'd be figuring it all out of my head, but I feel like with our, communication it's like whatever we've sent like that's it yeah until we yeah. hear back and then we don't yeah. address that until we look at what they've sent back mm. it's very like I don't know how to word it rather than ongoing it's like that interaction done yeah. next interaction yeah. deal with that done mm. out of your brain yeah. so it does that, yeah it's clean. so peaceful yeah. it's like compartmentalizing everything that is required to get to the next step of this is done yeah. And when you hit send, you can park it until yeah. you get a response. And what's also awesome, I think it came as well, like at the time, trying to remember shit, like I just couldn't. When you have like 16 projects on at the go, like my brain's frizzled. What does that mean? Then I can't give like the attention to you guys and stuff. So what I looked at was like those emails need to be my last point of call for an update. So what did I send in the last project update? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that means, yeah, we've done these things. This is what we said we were working towards. Cool, now that's my to-do list. So that was also a really nice checkpoint for like yeah. a refresh of where we're at. Like, so I'm not having to go, did I send that thing? Did I upload it? And then I'm like, oh no, I uploaded it for the other client. Oh shit, now it's late. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it definitely frees your mind as a PM, like a project manager because you have to go to the effort to figure out what's actually gone on with your project in the past week mm. because you're accountable to get it right for the client and then you're completely clear on what's happening so you feel comfortable with where the project is at you're not having to like look up every day like what's happening with it again I can't remember it's so mm. good check out the email templates people they're amazing <laughs> yeah the <laughs> fucking fraction of the price it'll save your life like so much effort yeah. buy us a bloody coffee that's what you can buy us coffee for a month by grabbing the email templates yes love our coffees um so that would be appreciated <laughs> Vic <is> um, <laughs> we get extra coffees because Vic doesn't drink them <laughs> thank god nah. <laughs> um yeah cool good stuff I'm loving the vibe today I feel like your energy is good like when you're together like so like I don't know, just flowing, happiness. <laughs> oh, so cute! <laughs> Good, this is fire. <laughs> You're like, this is. <laughs> I gotta go shower now. Nah, it's cool. Um, all right, more fire coming up. My question: Are you satisfied with that one, actually? Yeah, that was really good. Good chat. Yeah, good. It was really nice, actually, as well, Vic, to hear your perspective on them as well. Done. Hmm. Are these things working? Is someone new finding them useful? <laughs> so again, that's another opportunity to say, go buy the email template on the <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, my question is for both of you, and I would like you to reflect on if you were to give yourself only one thing to focus on for the next five days, 
what would that specifically be? My weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you need an outcome to make your life easier. So to make your life easier, what would be the one thing that you would focus on and build the habit in for the next five days? can it be something we've semi started doing yeah so what's worked for me recently and that I'm really trying to do is like decompartmentalizing things okay so in the past I would get really overwhelmed with what was going on in the day and it felt like I didn't have enough time to do everything and it just felt stressful Mm. but now at the, I actually do it in the morning. I used to do it like the day before, but every morning, like I look through my calendar and I plan out with calendar invites, exactly what's going to happen in my day. Mm-hmm. So I don't think about a project until that calendar invite pops up. And that has made my life a lot easier. Love that. Cause in the past I'd be doing one task and thinking about another client mm-hmm. at the same time. And then I'm like, Oh, actually I do need to do that for them. And then I'd switch mm-hmm. and just like switching back and forth was like, I don't think it was very efficient. So now I'm like, do what you need to do in order, like what client is priority today, depending on who we have booked in. Um, like if a client is scheduled, then they're obviously first. If there's a client that's come like last minute, then they'd be second. Um, so just figuring out my days. And it's felt like really like chill and relaxed and I've been productive. That's cool. So you're going to continue to schedule your day in the mornings. Yeah. Like don't just and let it happen. focus to it. Yeah. 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 Mine's you can't like- copy that, Vic. Mine's similar. Oh, is it? It is. Not the calendar. I'm not that advanced. <laughs> so my issue is like when I have my to-do list up until like last week has always been, if it's outside of client stuff usually, like I just type it in my sticky notes on my <laughs> desktop. And one of my sticky notes, like I'd scroll through it for like oh God, it's like minutes. Long. Like it was long. <laughs> Because I just put like anything random in there that if you, if Kim, you'd ever say like, oh, when you have a moment, do this, when you have a moment, do this. I just like <laughs> compile it in there. But there was no way of like. You mean all it. those things are not done? <laughs> they are now because I just started changing my process. <laughs> but my thing was just making a spreadsheet of like my like overflow tasks. Oh. Um, but I made it more because on my, my sticky note list was literally just said to do and like <laughs> dot points. Yeah. <laughs> But like my spreadsheet has got like the topic, what's actually involved in, like I break, wow. I break down the task properly, um, which this all sounds simple, but it's not how I was functioning. That's like real high um, level. But like, for example, one of the things I needed to do was, which is still on my list technically, but it's like <laughs> well-documented now, is um, like registering us differently on one of the tender websites. Mm-hmm. And on like my little sticky note thing, I just had register as register as this on this website but then in order for me to do that like I need to I needed to get a document off you I need to look at like a previous application thing we've done there's like five or six things I need to do in order to do that and like yeah some of them like I didn't have some of the documents I needed um so like breaking it down that way and having like an individual checklist for that and then I have another column that's like action 
required, which is where I say like, I need to talk to Kim about this or I need to talk to Hannah about this. Mm. And I don't yeah. put it in my calendar, like when I'm working on overflow stuff for the day, I don't put it in my calendar, but I like reorder the spreadsheet from like highest priority to lowest priority mm. and just like go through and tick off what I can and it's all color-coded. That's oh really cool. Oh my God. I wanna, That's like, not like you. <laughs> I want to stick to doing that because it's really useful. And I've like ticked so much stuff off, whereas I feel like wow. my stuff is like, didn't get touched. Got longer and longer and longer. <laughs> like I'll do so stuff, cool. but it just seemed to like, I think because I didn't expand on things, like I'd have one thing on the list, which for me to actually do it, there's like 10 things involved. So like that one thing <laughs> would never come off because mm. like I'd be going through all like the background stuff. But now yeah. I'm like, I can actually see every single step. So that's useful. And I'm oh, hoping good. to like stick to that. <laughs> Make right. that a proper habit <laughs> and not revert. I did add a new sticky note to my desktop for the first time this morning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And it doesn't stay there. Yeah, get rid of that. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Nice. All right. <laughs> That's really cool. All right. Well, we'll check in. You'll bring it up next week. I'll be like, I don't even know what, oh, what, about. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> love it. All right. Thank you. This, oh, I fucking love the energy in this. This is what we like normally, but yeah. What a good one. I love it. There's so much bloody gold. Share this bleeding video. Um, and yeah thanks for choosing to learn with us always and thanks for buying something off the creator hub or choosing to work with us we love what we do and I think that passion comes through evidently in videos like this so please support us so we can continue to live our ultimate lives all right bye from Melvista Studios <laughs> what's up awesome human thank you thank you thank you on behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us. Basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz, Could I Be a Better Instructional Designer? That has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating, the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, aren't we cute? That's us. Um, but we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude, and also we've got some templates. And basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design, and e-learning. So a human-centered design focus is very much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans, that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.